Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Our sermon text for this morning's meditation is our Old Testament lesson recorded for us in the book of Genesis, the 28th chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. Jacob set out from Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. He came to a certain place and decided to spend the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones from that place, put it under his head, and lay down to sleep in that place. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway set up on the earth, with its top reaching to heaven. There were angels of God ascending and descending on it. There at the top stood the Lord who said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are lying I give to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In you and in your seed all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back again into this land. Indeed, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, Certainly the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, How awe-inspiring is this place. This is nothing other than the house of God and this is the gate to heaven. Jacob got up early in the morning he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a sacred memorial stone and poured oil on top of it. He named that place Bethel. Lord, these are your words and therefore they are your truth. We ask that you'd increase our faith through them. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, it's been said that life is hard and then you die. Or as Moses wrote in Psalm 90, the days of our lives add up to 70 years, or 80 years if we are strong, yet the, best of the, yet the best of them are trouble and sorrow. Oh, utterly depressing, that is, isn't it? Yet it's a reality that we see before us at many times in our life, and especially now, as it seems like so much of the joy that we had in life was sucked out. So much of the joy that we found in regular social interactions with other people, family members, and friends, it's all been taken away. And instead, a barrier of cloth or paper has replaced it. We see the trouble and sorrow of this life. Jacob, in our lesson for today, was not one unfamiliar with trouble and sorrow. We see him really at the, the crossroads in his life, and this wouldn't be the only one. But as we see Jacob there today, let us consider this theme, that on the diff difficult road of life, God comforts us with his promises. You know, a number of, of years ago when I was looking at the, the text to preach on for an upcoming Sunday, I, I came across the, the text that we have before us today. And I thought to myself, I would never preach on that. Because how much really is there to preach on? Sure, you have this, this picture of the angels going up and down on the staircase to heaven. But what is there that really applies to us in our lives today in the 21st century? Well, I've had a, a change of heart when it comes to this text. Especially when taking a look at its context. That's so important for us. To remember where Jacob was at his life when this takes place. Jacob's really on the run. 
you remember, Jacob was the second of twin boys born to Isaac and Rebekah. Yet God had given an incredible promise even before Jacob was born that through the younger son, through Jacob, God's promise would be carried out as promise of the Messiah, the promise of salvation. And in his life, we think about those very familiar stories about how Jacob bought the birthright from his brother Esau for a bowl of soup. Or think about that, that other story that took place as Isaac, it appeared, was about to die and about to give the blessing to Esau. And Rebekah moves quickly to convince Jacob to put those animal skins on his arms to deceive and lie to his father so that the blessing also might rightly be his, just as God had promised. We know the result of that lying and deception, right? Isaac grew angry with his brother Jacob, and he wanted to kill him. If you remember those two boys, there's a description of them, even in, in the scriptures, that describes Esau as a man of the earth and as, as a great hunter. And Jacob is one that's in the tents with his mother cooking food. Who's going to win in that fight? Of course, Jacob needs to run, doesn't he? And so, Rebecca devises this plan to ask, ask Isaac if he'd allow his son to go and find a wife from her brother's family. But really, the big thing is to protect Jacob from his brother. And so now we find him on the run in our lesson for today. You know, Jacob had gotten that birthright and he had gotten that blessing, everything he had wanted, at the cost of lying and deception, at the cost of failing to trust that God could actually fulfill his promises without sin. And though he seemed like he had so much and it gained so much, we now see him with nothing. He has so little, he has but a stone for his pillow that night. Now we can think of our, our own troubles in this life. Not all of them are the result of something that took place halfway around the globe that's brought trouble and sorrow and difficulty and pain to our life, but a lot of the times those troubles and sorrows are a result of our own actions. Things that we shouldn't have said, things that we shouldn't have done, our, our own selfishness, our own laziness, Maybe our, our own unwillingness and our own patience with other people. You know, people might say that Jacob deserved this. After all, his actions of deceit and lying, isn't this the, the fruit of his labor? That now he finds himself on the run for his life and with nothing. Certainly we can say that of ourselves too. What good do we deserve in this life? because of our sin, because of our failures to trust that God can fulfill his promises, because of our own impatience with God, we don't deserve anything good from the Lord. And yet it's incredible what God does for Jacob. He gives him this amazing dream. This dream of the staircase to heaven with the angels going up and coming down. But what does God say in that dream to him? God's words are especially comforting. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are lying I give to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. 
In you and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Jacob in no way deserved God's grace. But that's exactly what God gives him. Even though Jacob deserves punishment for all his sins he's ever committed, God gives him grace. He reminds him that he is still a child of the promise, still an heir of the promise, and that even though he doesn't even have a wife or a child, God's going to fulfill his promise to make him into a great nation, as many as the dust of the earth and are going to spread out to north, south, east, and west. And even though he doesn't have a square inch of land to his name, God is going to give him this land. It's going to be a, a great land for them, and he's going to bring him back to this land. But most important of all is that promise, the final promise that he reminds him of, that through his seed, that all nations of the world would be blessed. It was the promise of the Savior, that same promise that God had given to Adam and Eve back in the garden, that through the seed of the woman, that the serpent's head would be crushed. God was reminding him of the promise of salvation, of the coming of the Christ, reminding him of his grace for sinners. Well, God has, in a similar way, been gracious to us. He showers his grace upon us. He declares his grace to us. He forgives our sins even when we don't deserve it. And that's all of the time. But who are we? We're not children of Abraham by blood. We're not grandson of Abraham like, like Jacob was. How can we be so certain that God is going to keep his promises to us and that we are his children? We really need to go no further than the baptismal font. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, In fact, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Indeed, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. And then he says this, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. You see, he says that we are children of God through faith. And he connects it with our baptisms, our baptisms through which we know God gives us the forgiveness of sins and he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit who brought faith into our hearts. And because of this, we can know for certain even today that we are God's children. We are descendants of Abraham by faith and heirs of the promise. And not even our sin can change that. God in many ways is like that loving parent who love, whose love for their child continues despite how much their child messes up. The fact that that child belongs to that parent doesn't change despite that child's sin. So too it is with our God. That despite our own sin, we are yet God's children and he, like a loving parent, is always waiting for us to come back to him, to repent of our sins, and to be reassured of his forgiveness and love. But what about the future? We think about Jacob and how much uneasiness also was, must have been in his heart and mind as he was heading to this new place with new people. What would the, the future hold for him? We too, I, I think especially at this time, could be so uneasy about the future. Of course, for all of us concerning the, the coronavirus, as it seems that perhaps things are getting worse now. 
Are things ever going to get back to normal? We can think about other troubles and problems in our life if we're facing health problems, if maybe a loved one has died, maybe there's, there's conflict in relationships or whatever else. We can wonder what the future holds. But God also provides this revelation to, to Jacob to comfort him concerning even the here and now, not just the forever. He gives him this dream of the angels going up and down and this staircase, not as a way for Jacob to climb up that staircase as a way to heaven. But the staircase is there for the angels, isn't it? The angels who are a picture of God's fellowship with us. As the angels bring our request to the Father, and he sends those angels back down to care for us and provide. And if we wonder about this, we need to only listen to the rest of what God says to Jacob. Now I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back again into this land. Indeed, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. God doesn't simply say, I was with you, or I will be with you in the future. He also says, I am with you right now. Even when it looks like you have nothing. Even when your life is filled with so much turmoil and fear and sorrow and dread. I am with you. And I will continue to be with you until I fulfill my promises. My promises of bringing you back until, unto this very land, this promised land that he had given to Jacob. Now we might say these passages and these promises are given as a promise specifically to Jacob. But there are many similar ones in scripture given to all of us. In Hebrews chapter 13, God declares, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. In 2 Corinthians 6, he also says, I will live and walk among you. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. There's incredible comfort for us to find in that today. Incredible comfort that God will not forsake us even as we live out the rest of our days here on this earth. But he will be with us until all of his promises for us have been fulfilled. In the late 1700s, there was a famous naval officer of the British Navy by the name of Admiral Nelson. And he was considered a wizard when it comes to naval tactics. Many people wanted to learn from him. Well, there was a man who was once aboard ship with him when they were traveling through the West Indies. A man by the name of Sir Robert Stopford. And he wrote to a loved one this as he was aboard ship. We are half starved and otherwise inconvenienced by being so long out of port. But our reward is that we are with Nelson. His point was this. Even though life was, was difficult. Even though they were half starved. Even though they were inconvenienced. They had the consolation that this incredible admiral was with them and leading them safely to their final destination. Well, don't we have that same comfort for us today when it comes to our God? That even though at times things can look so bad, that we can face so much trouble and adversity in this life, our consolation, our reward is, is this, that God is yet with us. And that God will bring us safely to that land of rest. 
know, in, in our home, we have a little piece of, of word art that's actually in our bedroom. And it's a piece of word art that says this, abide in him. I've often wondered about that piece of word art because it's so different than the hymn, that famous hymn, Abide With Me. But to give the benefit of the doubt of the artist, I'm sure he wants to connect it to John chapter 15, where Jesus encourages us to abide in him and he in us, and therefore we'll bear much fruit in him. And how important it is for us to abide in God and abide in his word, stay close to him. But I think during the times of trouble and adversity and distress, and when we're overcome with the world and with our own guilt of our sin, how much more so we need to pray the words of the hymn, Abide with me. That's when I am filled with distress, especially concerning my sin or the future. And if somebody says, abide in him, abide in him, I, I cry out, yes, I'm trying, but I feel so weak. How much more important to pray, abide with me. To ask that God be with us, especially when life is most difficult, to ask that God fulfill the promises that he has made to us, that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us. And we can trust that he will be faithful to that promise until he brings us home to our own promised land of heaven. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay and all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. Amen. And we continue now by singing that hymn.